0: Hey, uh, we're finishing up today. If you have a Bible, go ahead and ter- turn to Matthew chapter 28, and that's where we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be finishing up today. But it'll, you know, it'll pick up, uh, it'll pick up more missions next week. And uh, you know, I know they're going to tell you this, uh, but um, you know, I want to tell you again: time changes next Sunday. All right, just so you know. All right, good. Yeah, that's and it's the bad one. I don't know. It's the bad one, all right? But, you know, I just wanted to tell you. And they'll tell you again at the end of the service. Hey, hey, but we have been in this series. Again, This Is Us is the series uh, that we've been doing. And, uh, you know, got a title from a popular TV show, which I have never seen. And uh, But I can always tell, as I like to say, is I can always tell when Martha's watching it because she's crying as she watches it. And so I have never seen it, but I was intrigued by the title. And... There is so much truth in just a little title of This Is Us, finding out who you are. Now, when I talk about who you are, I'm not talking about who you are individually. And that's what we've been focusing on. What is, what is the church? You know, and uh, if this is your first time, you're going to get a good, a good look because I'm both, most of what today is, I just kind of want to recap a little bit and tell you where we've been. And then we get to today, you know, with just illustrations Uh, Martha's going to come up and share with you a little bit, and we're just going to just share with you some thoughts, you know, on what this looks like, Uh, because this this is foundationally important. You know, what you're supposed to do is not near as important as who you're supposed to be. I mean, it's just the truth, because if you are who you're supposed to be, eventually you're going to wind up doing what you're supposed to do. But if you're if you're not who you're supposed to be and you're doing what you're supposed to, eventually you'll quit doing what you're supposed to do. So being who you're supposed to be is is foundational, and that's what we've been talking about. We started off this this whole year, uh, this whole year starting in January. I just wanted to focus on this is us, and this concept of this concept of that a church is not an institution, the church is not a denomination. The church is people. And, and again, we've talked about that, but I, I, sometimes I don't think people realize is that if you're a believer in Christ, if you're truly his, then, then you are the church, right? Nobody owns this church. He owns it. Nobody has a corner on the market, right? That this is it and this is it. No, 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 no. But in all practical purposes, you, plural, you are the church, right? It's you. So, so you've got to get away from, well, you know, the church needs to, the church needs to, whatever. Well, I think the church ought to be. Because in reality, it's us. This is us. That's what makes this title so good, because that's who we are. But our culture, it's been a little bit difficult to be able to explain that concept. Because so much, so much in our culture is, is, is catered to the individual, Right? It's, it's all about you, not about us. In fact, all of the commercials, everything they're trying to sell sell and peddle has to do with how you can make you better. But that is not the individual. That is not the, and That's why it is hard. That's why it's hard to share this church concept because even all the books, Christian books, that talk about you being a believer... It talks about you, how you can get stronger as a believer, right? It talks about you individually being on mission, being who God wants you individually to be. But that's not the biblical thought. That's not who God's called us to be. And so that's what we've been talking about over the weeks. In fact, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church so it's not ours, we're part of it, but it's his, so therefore we belong to him. So then what he longs for more than anything is to do what we've been called to do, being on the same page, right? And it's an incredible thing because Jesus said, if we will get on the same page is that the gates of hell won't stop us. That is, upon this rock, Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell won't be able to stop it. So so that becomes then this 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 picture. And there are many many metaphors that are used to explain or as examples of of who we are. You know, there's the family concept, right? Being God's children, that's a that's a symbolism, right? And that we're all part of family. We all share the same DNA, being born again into his kingdom. Therefore, we, there's a familial, family-type relationship between us. We belong, whether you feel like you belong or not. We talked about that. And I'd love to tell you everything, but we've, if you want to know more about this, that's what this whole series has been about. And so we used the family, right? And then we talked about the body of Christ. That, that is illustration is used, you know, is that everybody's got a different gift and ability, just like there are many pieces, right? Many parts of the body, many members of the body, but they all fit together to form one body, right? And uh, therefore, this is us, okay? This may be you, right? But this is us in that concept, in that, in that example. And that has to do with functioning. Functioning together in unity, and this incredible picture of who we're supposed to be. But see, in our culture, the problem is, is that God, what is your will for my life? Well, what, the better prayer is, God, what's your will for us? Right? Because that's how He likes to use us, not so much the individual. And yet, that's what this culture touts. I want to make a difference. God, what's your will for my life? Those are all, again, I mean, I'm not saying those are bad, but, but the greater question is, God, grow us into it. Because no person has all the gifts and no person can make total impact. It's just not possible. That's why there's a family. That's why there's a body of Christ. That's why there's a building that he is building. I will build my church. Building is another example. And it goes on army that uses several others of these. But this is what we've been talking about because so much has to do with who we are. You know, I talk about all the time when I talk about the gospel. When people ask you, what's the gospel of Christ? You only have to remember two things right? And I've shared with this with you, and you're going to hear more this again as we get closer to Easter, right? Who Jesus is, what he came to do. Who Jesus is, what he came to do. Jesus could not have done what he did unless he was who he says he was. Therefore, how can one person die for the sins of the entire world? Well, you couldn't if he wasn't who he said he was, which is Emmanuel, God with us. Word became flesh, dwelt among us, right? So the two go hand in hand. Well, it's similar here with us. Doing what he's called you to do is depending on being who you are supposed to be. It's a team concept, a family concept. Team, what do you mean? Well, it doesn't matter if you have one superstar. If you don't have everybody else playing, it doesn't matter how good the superstar is. You take a look in any team sport, you understand the concept, you've been there. So I think we understand that piece of... If this is about us, and and what breaks us down is when one particular piece either gets too discouraged or has an overinflated view of his or her role, right? Why? Because the whole thing works, right? The whole thing works together. So again, you. you, you <laughs> I could, I, could, I could share just tons and tons and tons with you. But today, it's what we're supposed to be doing. But remember, it's who we are that gives us the ability to do what we're supposed to be doing. Today, I've talked, I'm going to talk about on task. On task. You know, what does it mean to be on task? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a school term, right? Uh, stays on task. It was a little thing on the back of my report card, you know. You know, plays well with others, that kind of stuff, and stays on task. And I struggled with that one, and but what it is, it's focus, it's being focused, and uh, and the, it's not just about one person being focused; it's about all of us being focused, right? And I told you last week, and some of the neat things this past week with Billy Graham and the, and the funeral and the, all the different things that went on. God was. God was honored through that man's life, but also as they're remembering now, it's really pretty neat to see. But I told you last week that really what I saw, because I was part of one of Billy Graham's things, and and the thing that he was able to do is he was able to come in and bring a whole lot of people and get a lot of people on the same page, working in the same direction, if only for a week. I mean, literally, guys. I, I told you last week, how was it that he did it? It wasn't, Billy Graham is a good guy. But he knew that Billy Graham couldn't make a difference by himself. When he comes in, I mean, there's an advanced team that comes in a year ahead of time. I saw this because I was on the committee. And, and I was amazed at some of the first meetings at how many different denominations that he could get in the same room. I mean, these people most of the time wouldn't even talk to one another, but they're all together for a purpose, and that everybody got on the same page for a week, and everybody was, everybody was praying, everybody was thinking, everybody was planning, everybody, and it was incredible what could happen, right? It's, 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 who, it's who we are. So the task that he's, the task that he's given us, All right. You can't talk about his church unless you talk about Matthew chapter 28, right? This is, a, this is what Jesus told us was our job to do, right? This is the task we've been given. The Matthew 28 is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. Well, what does commission? A mission, obviously, is a task, right? Something that's been given for, to you to do. Commission is to start you out or to send you out or to bless you, or to go, whatever, right? That's what this is called. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus has already been crucified, buried, resurrected. He's made all of the appearances, the resurrection appearances, and then he's about to ascend back to the right hand of the Father, right? And uh, this is the last thing he says, and this is what he said. See, Jesus said to them, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, obviously, if you're going to be given a task to do, or if you're going to be given a mission to do, then you have to be given the authority to be able to do it. So there's this picture, all authority, Jesus said, is mine. and Therefore, I'm giving it to you, right? So therefore, you have the authority. In fact, you have to remember at this time, and perhaps a lot of times in history, especially even still to this day, there are many nations in the world where it is illegal to fulfill the great commission Christ gave us. So then what do you do? Do you break the law to fulfill the Great Commission? Well, Jesus says there's an authority that comes from a higher authority that comes to you that gives us, obviously, the authority to be able to do those things. So anyway, that makes sense. So here it is. Here's the commission itself. It's very easy. So he says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, because Jesus has all the authority, go. Obviously, it's an action word. And uh, so it's, 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 it's to be fulfilled in doing. This is what we're supposed to do. But so much about what we do is who we are. You'll see the two fit hand in hand here in just a minute. So he says, go, therefore, it says here, to make disciples of all nations. Interesting. Make disciples. What's a disciple? Guys, that's who, if you want to know, I mean, there's so many, you know, different clever, you know, things. We have the C4 around here and And there are others that have the different, there are so many clever, different purpose statements and all the rest. But when it comes down to it, what we've been commanded to do, what our reason for banding together and becoming a body and becoming a family and doing all is to make disciples. That is who we're supposed to be, okay? When it all comes down to it, so what does that even mean? So to make disciples, and it says they're of all nations. So what does it mean to make disciples? Now, the word disciple is not so much a biblical word. It's used in the Bible. But the word disciple just simply means someone who's a disciplined follower of someone else or a mature follower. So therefore, it's not just becoming a believer. See, a lot of people think that the Great Commission is just about sharing your faith with other people. And that's just not the truth. That's part of it. It's a big part. But it is not all of what it's supposed to be. In fact, it is to be a family, if you will, or to whatever you want to call it, that, that basically can cre- create and be a part of the whole process. Yes. Sharing your faith in, in birth, becoming a believer, uh, evangelism, whatever you want to call it, that's all incredibly part of it. But it is not the only thing. Uh, growing. How does one grow in their faith? You know, I have an opportunity to do mission trips and I could, I could go on a mission trip a month because some of the things I do are different because these countries that I go to and do these, I'm going to North Africa here in a couple of months, is that they beg for somebody to help them and teach them how to disciple people. They said, no, 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 we know how to share our faith. We know the gospel. We understand how to share it. We, we share it with people. We become another Lord. We need to know what do you do then? Why? Because it's more than just sharing. It's a very important piece. Don't get me wrong. But there's more of it. Why? Because the Great Commission is to make disciples. Is it not? It is. So it says, go and make disciples. It says here of all nations. Interesting. Of all nations. Therefore, you and I, this is us. We are to have the world on our heart. All right? It's just, it's just the way it's supposed to be. You know, I've told you this before, and, and I'm going to keep telling you because to me, it's just one of those amazing things. I want you to know that you, this church, this local church here at Indy Rocks, gives over a million dollars to missionary causes every year, every year I've been here, all right? And here's the great thought, all right? Well, why are we doing that? I mean, we're, we're we're throwing that money out there where you know we don't even know those people. Let's build stuff for ourselves, right? We can have a, you know, you know Dairy Queen wanted to put something right out here. That's what I need is a blizzard on the way home every day, right? <laughs> and we can we can we can have luncheons, we can have gyms, we can have bowling alleys, we have, I mean, my goodness, we can put up all kinds of stuff. This can be, oh, the greatest church ever, all right? Well, that means you're, that's what I call being off task. And it happens. Whenever you lose the sight of who you are, it will begin to affect what you do. Makes sense? So, Why do we give all that every year? Because it's what we've been called to do. It's who we're supposed to be. See, guys, we want to be who he's called us to be, not who you think we ought to be, not even who I think we ought to be. Finding out who he's called us to be, and then let's do that as as well as we can, right? So making disciples, sharing the gospel, who Christ is, what he came to do, and then those who come to know him, they can incorporate into a family, right? That they can grow. And that we can establish that and do that in other countries too. It is one of the most incredible things. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, you know, that, that, that their life as a believer, the Christian life is, is boring. They don't know who they are. Right? They are totally blind to who they are. Because I tell you what, if you get in on, you get in on this game, brother, boredom will never be a problem. Okay? Never be in fact you'll be screaming for a break. All right. It's just an amazing thing. So it says there, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. All right? So here's the salvation part, the rebirth part, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then here it is: teaching. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Okay, so teaching is a huge part. That's where someone grows. Guys, that's kind of of my thing. I love sharing with people. But guys, teaching, education is not the answer to everything. I can share it. I can share and I can help you understand it. That is my passion. But unless you see it modeled around you, unless you see it actively at work, you'll have a hard time catching it. It's the same with kids. You could teach kids things, your children, but you better model it. And then they put the two together. Then it's like, oh, I get what that is. Right? So you have this, and I love, there's nothing more than I love to do. It's the gift God gives me. I want to use it. However he wants me to use it for help you understand, help whoever understand. It's just something that I've always, because I, I lived so many years without ever getting it. All right? And so I guess maybe that's why I do it. But it says there, it's teaching them. That's part of the commission we've been given. is after they become believers, baptizing them. Teach them. Help them to grow. And then he makes you a promise. And behold, I am, Jesus said, I am with you always. Even until the end of the age. Now, the age hasn't ended, so he's talking to you. Does that make sense? He has promised, promised to be with us as we do the task he's been he's given to us well it makes sense because he said jesus said i will build what my church Why? so he's actively involved and he's never more involved when we are banding together to do what he's called us to do it's pretty neat to think about right pretty neat to think about being on task you know but you need one with the others right you have to be who you're supposed to be in order to do what you're supposed to do. I know a lot of times people oh, don't mess with all that. Just go, just go get busy. More resources, time has been wasted. You know, it's like telling a soldier, oh, don't worry about boot camp. Just go straight to the battlefield. Okay, yeah, can you? Yeah, but will you be effective? Probably not, right? Probably not. So there's this picture then of the two. Now maybe this will help you, all right? Matthew chapter 5. This is, uh, this is what I call our Christmas Eve verse. All right? all right? How many of you in the room have been to at least one through the years of our Christmas Eve candlelight service? Let me see your hand. All right, 90% of you. So you kind of know the picture, all right? You kind of know the picture of what we do in here. And, and this is what Jesus said. You, plural, you are the light of the world. Okay, it makes sense, all right? And it says here that a city... Set on a hill, can't be hidden. Now, what's Jesus talking about? Well, back at that time, and same in our time, if, if a city was up on a hill, you just can't hide it because you can see it from a distance and there are lights and whatever. You just can't, you can't miss it. You can't, you can't hide it. Now, question, can you hide one person on a hill? Oh, Yeah. Even if they have a fire, you can hide them. So he's not talking about one person being a light. He's talking about what? He's talking about a whole city being a light. Right? Which is why we do what we do on Christmas Eve. I stand up here with my, it's all dark in here. I stand up here with my little candle. I do the same thing every year because I I just want to keep reminding you who we're supposed to be. And I got my one little candle and you know, I'm up here waving it. It's no big deal. When I start passing it out, especially, we always a couple of our services that are just packed from end to end, and it starts going around. And the reason I do this is because of the picture it gives. And I have everybody take their candle. Right? It says, "Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket; they put it on a stand. It gives light to all in the house." In the same way, let it shine. Let it shine. So, what does that mean? You don't light a lamp and put, it un- put a bucket over it or a basket over it. So what, what I'll have everybody do, and nobody has burned themselves yet. There's always next year, right? But I have them take their candle, I have them lower it down. And it's best, in a room crowded, to hide it. You still haven't extinguished it. Because you're a light. If you're a believer in Christ, you're a light whether you think you are or not. The question is not whether you're a light or not. The question is, are you going to hide it or not? And this was the command. That's why he said, let it shine. The command was he puts it up on a stand so all can see it. So the picture, then I have everybody take the candle and lift it up over their head and I get their same reaction. Every time I do it, it's like, oh, you know this, because it, it lights up like there's a spotlight in the room. That's because there's a whole bunch of us. A city on a hill, you can't hide that. So it's not about Jeff being faithful to what he's supposed to do. It's about us, right? Because this is us. If we ever get that piece, it's, it's an incredible thing to understand, to put together, and to see how it all works together. So, so as we, as we, as we, that's what we've been talking about over the past months, about, about what it takes to make this work. What it takes to, along the way, to provide an atmosphere and a place for people to be able to grow. Not just come to know who Christ is, but to grow in their faith and become mature and strong and to let that go, let that, let that move. But I want you to understand, this picture of what we do is... is is that some of us don't see where they're apart, but far more than you can imagine, right? Far more than you can imagine. Because in order for God's family to be healthy, it needs a lot of people doing what they're supposed to do. Right? And when that begins to happen, amazing things can work. You know, that's the picture, right? We understand what we've been called to do. And the rest of the time, I just want to kind of take you, Martha, come on up. I've asked Martha to come up, and we're, good. we're just going to share with you illustrations. And I wanted to give you, and just happens to be my family because, you know, we just are using our family because I not want to embarrass anybody else, but I, we just, I, I want you to see this picture. Uh, I want you to see this picture and what this looks like, just from the families, and I thought Martha would be the perfect one to share it with you, just this picture of, who we're supposed to be and the task that we're supposed to uh, we're supposed to be on.
1: All right, All right
0: and I'll turn it over to you.
1: All right. I am just so excited that um, Pastor DJ and Jeff um, asked me to come and just share sort of the personal home side of Jeff and I's family and what that looks like for us and um, just how grateful we are to the Indian Rocks body of believers here, um, all of us as we serve together and the impact that it's had in our lives and our families' lives. And in order to do that, I have to give you just a little bit of history because um, when God was calling us to Indian Rocks, it was one of the things that he used to solidify the call the heart that Indian Rocks has always had for being on task and being on mission um, all over the globe, that was so important to us um, because it was important to us individually. Um, Before God ever brought Jeff and I together as a couple, he had won our hearts individually and put on our hearts a burden for the lost and to be a part of being on mission with him and sharing his gospel to the world. So, um, After he brought us together as a couple, um, he initially allowed us the adventure, as Jeff has shared with you many times, of working with students, and we loved it. We loved every minute of it. We thought it would be what we were always called to do, and um, God in his sovereignty during that time really saw the need with students for discipleship just the need to be grounded in their faith and to know how to share that faith um, with their peers. And so um, Jeff wrote the discipleship curriculum that many of you have participated in groups doing and um, never one to start small. I remember those years of, I think it was some dozen or more like discipleship groups that day in, day out, Jeff would be leading the young people and discipling them. Um, But then came a total different um, focus and direction from the Lord for us in ministry. He began to steer Jeff um, to be prepared and to be open to take on the role of senior pastor. And because of that, the Lord moved us to completely foreign soil. He brought us to Florida. Um, and that was a completely different ga- ball game for us. As Tennesseans, the culture was a little bit different. Uh, but we watched as only the Lord can do as he just opened door after door um, in this new direction. And a new church was planted over in the south part of Tampa. And that was our next assignment. Um, so... Now to the family part. During that um, same decade of twists and turns in ministry, outside our home, God was blessing us with our four sweetest blessings in our home, 93. One ninety-three, ninety-five, ninety-nine. Um, Dorothy, Sarah, and Dorothy, and Christopher, and Carrie were born, and we were in what I call the grunt work um, years of raising a young family. Um, but from that earliest time, we both decide desired for our kids to learn. Um, As you have heard Jeff say over a hundred times, and he'll probably say it over a hundred times more, this is not all about you. So we prayed that um, in serving God's church that they would not just see it as something that we did, but who we were. And um, I'm not going to lie, during those early years of being a very overwhelmed mom of a bunch of preschoolers and young children, um, I struggled a lot. Um, My sinful flesh would balk and complain and feel exhausted over the reality of this lifestyle of making sure that others were at the forefront and it took a lot of attention to find balance and make sure that the kids were being affirmed and nurtured and that Jeff and I were staying on the same page and um, not being resentful as he would go out and it was not my season to go yet. Um, it was all a reality of what you walk through during those years. But I remember, um, it's why I gave you that history all the way back to the early years when Jeff was saved and I was saved, we were discipled in the scriptures that as we came to know him, that God's plan was a this is us plan. So um, I'll never forget when we initially uh, were newer at Indian Rocks. I remember sitting with DJ and Tracy over at Savory's and Jeff just sharing out of his heart um, the vision that missions, that the going and the serving and the faith promise partnering and the giving would just be a natural overflow of the life of one of God's disciples, not something we do, something that we are. And so while my kids were little, my desiring um, that their lives in service to the Lord would not be all about us or about me, um, it just looked like a lot of mundane, a lot of training, a lot of nurturing, uh, opening our home because home was where I always was, um, praying for Jeff and others as they would go and fostering and cultivating, um, a an unique sort of childhood calling that I could see God was placing on our firstborn Sarah. And then we came to Indian rocks. Um, our children were all in middle school and high school, all except for our youngest at that point. And, um, Living Scent during that early season of being at Indian Rocks looked still like a lot of encouraging, a lot of praying, a lot of garage sales, raising support so that the kids could go on trips during mini-mester at IRCS and through the student ministry here. And it would take way too long to share the entirety of that impact on the life of our children as they were practicing living scent through the ministry of Indian Rocks. There were lessons of prayer, watching God provide as the kids worked and got creative and earning their support to go, teaching the children gratitude for just the basic provisions of food and shelter and clothing as they would go to these foreign environments, being tested as a family to do the things that were unselfish and uncomfortable at times, but the mentoring that they received through teachers and through leaders in the ministry and through interacting with our Faith Promise partners. And I also began to get to be in a season of going myself. So I started assisting Teresa in the women's ministry, and the Lord allowed for my first trip to go somewhere here in the States. We were partnering with the Yellowstone Baptist Association out in Montana, and we were encouraging pastor's wives. And I figured, I'm a pastor's wife. I can go and um, encourage them. But then in 2013, little did I know after going alongside Jeff to Thailand, and I see Nathan out there all grown up, that as he ministered to pastors from Thailand and Laos and Cambodia, that God would put on our heart to bring to live with us one of our Faith Promise Partners children, um, Uma Lai. And Lai lived with us for three years as she attended Indian Rocks Christian School. You also, as a body, have sent Jeff and I to minister to Cuba and enabled me to go with um, other women's leaders across the state of Florida to serve um, in the malnutrition centers in Guatemala as we partnered with the Florida Baptist Children's Home. And um, so finally, just to fast forward super briefly to where I was this year, we, as we've told you, became empty nesters this fall. All of those little birds have flown the nest, and so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to those once a month scent meetings just so I can stay in touch with what's really going on and to worship and to be a part of that. And... um, I also offered up at the beginning of the fall just a simple prayer. Lord, if there's a trip that's going out that you want me to be a part of, let me know. It was a crazy fall. Didn't even um, have time to even get to attend all of those sent meetings. But I found out in December that a trip would be going out in January to uh, partner with and support our Faith Promise missionaries there in Bethlehem. Elvira and Naeem, Corey and Stephen and his wife. And so Jeff and I began to pray and began to talk with the missions committee and DJ about the possibility of me going. And he opened the doors quickly and in a way that confirmed it was definitely his will that I go. And as any of you would testify if you 've ever trusted the Lord to accomplish his purposes he does it in such a way that it is so personal to your heart and your personality but little could I have known that when we were leaving in January that Jeff would have become um, would have started preaching the this is us series and because of that it um, really greatly impacted my time when I was there in two ways. First, it just refocused my purpose that all of the hands and the feet that we call Faith Promise Missionaries and their endeavors are just an extension of us all over the globe. When they share, we share. When the word went out in the West Bank, the gospel preached in the Arabic language, we had a part in that. So as we went and gave encouragement to them and support, our body, our Indian Rock's body was living sent, just expressing this is us, not something we do, but who we are. And then secondly, There is no bond that you experience in your Christian walk like when you join forces in unity with other believers to share the gospel and for the advancement of his kingdom. For in just one week's time, getting to know my brothers and sisters, Sandra and Gary, Scott and Don, Michelle and Kelly and Jen and Cheryl, In a way that you only can as you pray, you look for ways to serve and to share, you laugh a lot, you cry together, and you learn each other's salvation stories, it's when this is me intersects and becomes enveloped in the genuinely sincere sweetness of this is us. I just um, was so grateful when I came home and Jeff and DJ gave me the opportunity because I wanted to thank you for letting me go. Thank you for being a part of the body that has impacted me and my children. Um, and offer also just a word of encouragement to you as we are transitioning now in preparation this week for the Scent conference. Just... To say that simple prayer and ask the Lord how He might want to use you in His church expressing this is us
0: you know as as we close, there's some things I wanted you to hear from from Martha because I'm a, I am grateful for, as a father um, because I want my children to, to be a part, you know, and I've always, that's, that was always a big deal to me because um, I, wanted, I wanted my children to learn, at least, that, that it's not all about them. Because our culture is built around it's all about you. And, and in a church, you just can't be that way and, and be healthy and be usable. And that's what's happened, you know, because there's no way we could have, Martha and I could have taught all our kids everything they needed to know. But guys, my children have grown up and so many people have invested in their lives. And, and from the nursery on up, it's a, it's a group, it's a, because it's, it's, it's us, you know, I do what I do and the nursery folks and the children's ministry. And the student ministries, guys, we we dump we dump and pour a lot of resources into those younger areas uh, because of how important they are. You know, we're building a children's building. Hopefully, get started soon. It just is the reason we do those things is because, like right now, is that my children have, I mean, just my children and what they've grown up through, and then give them the ability uh, not just to minister to and and, and, and be a and be a be giving, if you will, get out of themselves when they're in school. But to give them opportunities, I mean, my my children have been to Austria, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Saint Lucia, Guatemala three times, from the different kids, Peru, uh, Dominican Republic, Myanmar or Burma. You know, you think about the opportunity to see God work in another culture, in a kid's life. You know, I got emotional last, because it was so what I wanted for my children, but there was no way I was gonna be able to give it to them, just me. You know, somebody, well, hey, Jeff of course, you know, they're pastor's kids. Well, have you heard about pastor's kids? Right? <laughs> I lived in terror of that, but it's, it's not about, it's not about me. It's about, it's about us. And I think about all the touches and all the people, the school here and the church here, and, you know, that have, have had with my children all the way up. And I'm forever grateful. Because it's not, it's not about us. You know, it's not about as far as us singular. It's about uh, this is us. So, so when I think of these incredible, you know, part of, of who we are and the task that's been committed to us and it's a task that that is the community yes it is around the area but it's it's wherever God's called us to be and I think about the impact that when when Martha went to Bethlehem you talk about okay I can't sit in that chair anymore when you need when you talk about having a place that we can invest in, in Bethlehem. You understand that Bethlehem is a Palestinian city and that Elvira and that Naim, that they're Palestinian and they've established a Christian church. And, and we are partners with them in a tough area, right? And, and when Martha went, you went because this is us. When that whole team went, you went, because this is us. This is who we are. Nobody, it's nobody, it's never about one person, especially among believers. It's about us, right? When I go and I do, I do these pastors conferences. Guys, I I've just learned in doing these pastors conferences, these guys, these pastors in these countries that I go to, they are so hungry. I mean, they would listen to me until my voice gave out. 10, 12 hours a day. Because they don't have the resources. And yet you send them resources because you send me. Right? Because this is us. And when I go into a Thailand, y'all saw the pictures of me. Uh, can you pull back up the, the Thailand pictures? Uh, this was the big joke in Thailand. You know, because the average person in Thailand's is about 5'5", five, five. all right? And the Jolly Green Giant in the back, you can always find Jeff, because I don't look Thai in any sort of way, right? And so, but I go and I share, especially in Laos, and those pastors over there, yeah, yeah. As y'all can see, I mean, the big joke was they wanted to take I felt like a, a circus guy. They wanted to take pictures of me and my, my arms out, and they're standing under me, my arms. Anyway, so, but I would go share, you know, and, and, and do the, I'm going to North Africa in June, and really can't even tell you the country. You know, but guys, you're sending me. I mean, this is where I, this, I'm part of this. This is, this is who we are, Right? When I was first over in Thailand, Chan Simone, who I've just come to love, we, my first time there, and he was walking me around their campus, I have a Christian school there. About you 1,000, know, 1,200 students, it's amazing. It's a Christian school in an 85% Buddhist country. And, and 80% of the graduates come out becoming believers. It's just an amazing place. As I was walking around, Chan Simone looked over, he says, oh, Jeff, he said, Indian Rocks, uh, that was our first building our school. And Indian Rocks built that. And I was, I was like, well, of course, that was long before I got here. But you built that. Does that make sense to you? And I could give you a thousand stories like that when I hear from different places around the world. When I've done these conferences in Peru and in Cuba and in Laos and Cambodia and Thailand, I go to these places but this is, not everybody can go, but everybody's apart. part. No person's on an island. It's, it's, who we're supposed to, it's who we're supposed to be. That is the, that is the picture of what it means uh, to be on task. But in order to be on task, you know, um, you have to be who God's called you to be. Us. Not you, but us. This is an incredible picture when you think about how the whole thing works so so I think on those things, you know, I think I have a daughter now who it just it just got into her heart, but those were th- things that this is us provided. you know she's finished her missions degree and she her husband's getting his and in a couple of years they'll be leaving and going somewhere and But that just wasn't Martha and I that was. That was what she had as she grew up and the opportunities that were provided for her. I, I don't know. I could go on and on, and I've got to stop. But I just want you to catch this, because as we head into this missions conference, I want you to be a part, because all of these missionaries that are coming, that DJ has coming. In fact, we have tons of them, don't we, DJ, this year? Come on up, DJ. All right. We have tons of them coming this year, and they're all extensions of you because because. We've invested in all of these areas where God's at work. You've not only given your resources, finances, but also your time and your effort. We have a whole missions committee who makes all these things happen. All these things roll and work and give us opportunity to be a part of the commission that says make disciples of all nations. It's who he's called us to be because it's who we are. All right.